For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. This is your FA Cup recap. Newcastle United 0, Arsenal 2. I see your host, Greg Croxwell. I'm back. It's been a long, long time off, but I'm back and ready to go now. Uh, so excited to be with you guys. Join join me on Twitter at NUFC underscore Greg. Uh, we have, in this exciting podcast, we'll have a lovely rendition of this match against Arsenal where it didn't go so well if well really for anyone except for Arsenal in the last like eight minutes but um, we'll talk about all that and then we'll also preview uh, the match against Sheffield which um, get on this episode early uh, well you are if you're listening to this before the match and if you're listening to this after the Sheffield match you're you're late but um, either way it's still worth a listen so listen to all of it and with me is the best team coach in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are you, bud? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, you know, we missed you last episode, but um, I think Adam and Zach filled the void. Uh, basically, two of them was equal to one of you. No, well, actually, no, I guess more. I was, huh? Way more. It's, it's always good when we find substitutes that are just better than I am. So it gives people a break from the just terribleness. I think the ideal situation is to not have me host. And then it's like you with them two, because what ends up happening is I ramble within my question and then they both ramble within their answer. Well, mainly Zach. So it's just, this is a ramble fest going on. So probably the ideal podcast, which would only be like 25 minutes is you and Adam just, yeah, <laughs> just be like- very- <laughs> going back and forth. <laughs> back and forth. All right. Oh, that was, that was CHN radio. Good. <laughs> congrats thank you have a nice day yeah (laughs) uh yeah so uh this was not that exciting um not much happened at all we'll talk about all of it but first as we always do with our lovely recaps uh we do our three words and after every match on at chn underscore podcasts uh we ask you to comment with three words to describe the match and you always deliver um, I have some here that I'll read. I will start with Eric Schmidt at NUFC Indiana. He says another early exit. Uh, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12 says Brucey's still shite. Uh, Mr. Steal your worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo says hopes got crushed. Craig Atkinson at Darlow Quaker says leave Carol on. Uh, Neil at NH3865 says Steve Bruce out. And Steve Wilson at Jordy Cavalier says sack Steve Bruce. Uh, did did we have any on the main account, Elijah? I don't think so. 
Okay. I'm looking, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. If uh, we do, I'll just read them in the middle of the podcast, just like at a random point. Just yeah. It'll be like fat Bruce again, and you'll be like, What was that? Oh, was, don't worry, it was the three words. It was three words. <laughs> but that's not one of them. I mean, yeah. I don't think we actually had any uh three words on the uh the main account. Uh yeah, so let's let's dive into it. Um it, it this is just another like usually we have a way more we have way more three words. And I'm noticing like the trend is just becoming like, you know, I, I was talking to Graham Bell actually a couple of weeks ago and he, it was a weekday match. I can't even remember who we, who we were up against, but we were just saying like, like at this point, like if we, if, and when we lose, which we did, like, I, we just don't even care. Like it was just like, I don't even feel. And that's a lot for Graham to say, because it's a little bit different for me and you, Elijah being in America, having, like not born and raised with this than for Graham who was born and raised like this is it uh to just have no feeling towards winning or losing well winning is different but losing specifically uh and that's kind of how it felt after this like oh yeah it's another cup we're not making it past the third round in and let's just move on and that's how this one was so we're going to do a little bit different from our typical like match events because uh, we trust me we would have done match events if there were match events but uh we're just going to talk about uh, a couple things and the first thing is andy carroll elijah what was your synopsis specifically on those two just brutal misses that jolinton would have been ran out of newcastle for by the way uh if that was him in that situation uh, what what are your thoughts and, and maybe describe to the people a little bit what happened to and I'll chime in here and there. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, my my whole I, I I was impartial, Andy Carroll. Uh, I know we have a writer on our site, Mirza, who does not like Andy Carroll at all, just because Andy Carroll and like you start to notice it when you have someone like Mirza who is very passionate about very specific things. He's like Andy Carroll just cannot play with the ball at his feet. Like he like and it he's to a point he's right. Like if you look at majority of his assists last season, he had quite a few assists. A lot of them were like headed down efforts towards someone. Like he cannot play a ball with his feet to save his life. Uh, but it, I think in and so already I didn't really have like that big of an opinion on Andy Carroll. I think what really stung me a little bit was his comments after the last match, uh, in which he where where he scored and um, it was. It was a banger of a goal. Not gonna lie, uh, not the Andy not, Carroll. Not first, yeah, yeah, not the Andy Carroll goal we were expecting, especially like given his age and like kind of how he's been used at Newcastle as kind of like we bring him on in the 70th minute when we're doing set pieces and long balls. So it was a good goal, but he made comments after the fact about like how he felt he should be starting more often and things like that and it rubbed me the wrong way because not like, not I understand being mad that Joel Linton's getting starting touches, but I just don't know what Andy Carroll's able to offer in terms of flexibility that our other forwards can. And I'm including Dwight Gale on this as well, where Andy Carroll, like, you know what you're getting with Andy Carroll. You have to play with Andy Carroll a certain way. And with a manager like Bruce, that doesn't really know what he wants to do on offense honestly having more dynamic forwards the more dynamic forwards he has the better because he doesn't know what to do with any of them so I think like when you go into starting Andy Carroll you're playing one type of way and it's not it's not the ideal way for Newcastle to play because 
one big reason is Newcastle don't have great crossers of the ball. So it's Andy's not going to be put in a position for him to succeed. We kind of saw this in this match where there weren't a, a lot of chances, mainly because like a lot of the guys we had on the pitch, they're not good at crossing the ball. Like Matt Ritchie is not a great crosser. DeAndre yeah. Yedlin like wasn't playing, but in the past couple of matches from that wing back spot, he's crossed the ball a lot. And every, every so often it's a decent ball, but nine times out of 10, it's not a great ball. And I'm, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, it was this season. And uh, I, I tweeted something that said, uh, if, if your life was on the line and you had to pick one Newcastle player to, to make a good cross into the box, what are your last words? And that match actually got burned because Jacob Murphy did deliver a beautiful ball into the box that we scored on. But like, that's the sentiment for this entire season is you cannot consistently trust on anyone to deliver a somewhat feasible ball into the box with this club. It's, it's crazy at this point that we're maybe Jacob Murphy, actually like, no, I'm, uh, that that was that one time where it happened. He's but not. I would I would say Jacob Murphy has like out of all probably our, our options, he's probably our best, and especially given Alan St. Maxman not being healthy. But he's probably our best. He he puts in a lot of curve on him. But I feel like that was just he was able to work on it because he was crossing the ball a lot last season. Yeah, um, not in Newcastle, but he was crossing the ball a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just so it's it was it was a really interesting because like you already have a sour taste in your mouth from Andy Carroll because I don't think anyone really agreed with him. Mainly because, like, if anyone has a right to be upset about not starting, it's Dwight Gale. Because literally every time he has been called upon the past few months, like dating back to the Project Restart, he's he's delivered in some sort of way. Uh, so I feel like it is fair if you're Dwight Gale – I mean, maybe he's being geared up to be sold or something. Like, I'd be upset if I was Dwight Gale and I'm not playing a lot. And especially if Andy Carroll's starting ahead of me, alongside Joel Linton. Like, there was no reason. Like, I would – I would, I feel like that match should have been an Andy Carroll-Dwight Gale match because, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. That's just a, opinion. But nonetheless, I mean, he had two massive misses. Uh, one of, like, a couple chances Newcastle have. One of them was, like, a team just cluster mess of, like – there was like three Newcastle players at the end of the match who all had an opportunity to shoot the ball, like literally in front of net. And they all somehow found ways to miss. I've never seen anything like that in my life, mainly because like Newcastle doesn't ever get clear cut chances like that ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when they do, it's usually a Joel Linton miss. So it was just very weird to see that happen. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it was just annoying because like you could see that Andy Carroll, he was, he was fine and he was working hard, but like, you there's no way Andy Carroll's going to even be able to play for the next two weeks because he's old and he's not in the best shape. And I don't know. I just, that left a sour taste in my mouth. I mean, I didn't really get your reaction on hearing Andy Carroll say that he feels like he should be starting more. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, just take aside last match because last match, I feel like overall it was whatever, like across the board. And obviously Andy had those two big misses, but I wouldn't focus heavily on those when grading Andy Carroll and whether or not he should be getting more game time. Yeah, I don't – I mean, anything at this point, we need to score more goals. So whatever that's going to take I, – I mean, he hasn't proven that he's going to score more goals. He, I mean, he scored one in two years. So, like, it's not like – like, I mean, I think it's a pretty bold claim for him to be like, 
yeah, yeah I, sh- I definitely deserve to be starting. I was like, well, you, you can prove that if you'd like. But like, I mean, Callum Wilson deserves to be starting because uh, he's proven that he will score goals, uh, even though a lot of them were penalties. But he scored open play goals more than a lot more than anybody else on the on the team. So I don't I, don't, I would not go as far to say that he deserves to be starting. Um, and, and actually, if I mean, if we're playing our normal, if we're not playing a four, four, two, if we're playing a five, four, one, he does not deserve to be starting. But in a four four two, yeah, sure. Like you can put him in there, and then Jolinton out wide or whatever. I I don't know. Like I mean, I don't even know in a four four have two because we have better options out wide. Like I would rather see a four four two with Murphy and Almiron. With if you're gonna if you're gonna drop Jolinton, you put Dwight Gale up there. Like it's it's not like we're swinging in yeah. balls to either striker in the four four two anyway. So, yeah. So it's like, so yeah. I mean, like, it's going to be direct, like, over the top counterattacking football. And I don't want Andy Carroll leading the charge on the counter. Like, yeah. I just don't. Um, and I don't know. I think, like, I feel like everyone knew what his role was going to be when he was brought in Newcastle, except for him. Like, I think none of us envisioned Andy Carroll starting a lot of matches, maybe every so often a cup match, maybe every so often a match to spell a forward, especially last season when we didn't really have a lot of forwards at the club. But I don't think anyone expected anything other than, oh, yes, there's 10 minutes left in the match. Newcastle can nick a point or win, or we need to do some set-piece defending. Let's put in Andy Carroll, who we know is dangerous on set-pieces, adept at defending set-pieces, and it's just a big body to, to pester people. Like, that's what everyone saw Andy Carroll doing, I feel like, except for Andy Carroll. So, I don't know. Um, I guess other thoughts on the match in general. I mean, I was telling Greg this before. It felt like a match where neither team was really, like, doing a lot. I mean, Arsenal played a, a slightly rotated side. Uh, Newcastle played a slightly rotated side. I mean, people were saying we should be taking it to the likes of this Arsenal team. It wasn't a bad Arsenal team. Yeah, by any means, like it was, they rotated pretty much as much as Newcastle did. There was a couple key players that they arrested, but I mean, Aubameyang still started, and he's still Aubameyang, and you would still take Aubameyang over maybe every forward at Newcastle, maybe except Callum Wilson, and that's a that's a maybe because Callum Wilson's just been so good this season, but he's still a great forward, um, and I feel like neither team really did a lot to separate themselves from the other team. It was fairly back and forth. Uh, I think, I don't know. I think the biggest, the worst possible outcome happened for both sides uh, with going into extra time. Um, And it's just like, it's for the FA cup, especially with this congested of a fixture season, it just, that should have gone straight to pens and we should have called it a day and we could have just moved on. And like, I would be fine if Newcastle lost some pins. I mean, I was fine with the way they lost too. I mean, we clearly lost mainly because we were tired. So whatever, like that makes sense. 120 minutes. I can't fault our players for being tired. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And the two goals, it was brutal from Kieran Clark. Uh, He was trying to just dribble out of his own box instead of just clearing the ball, just careless, clueless, by him, he miscontrolled the ball and it fell into the path of Emil Smith Rowe. Um, and he passed it to Saka and he scooped it forward to to Lacazette and goal. That's the first one. Um, second one, also Lacazette beat Hayden, but like you can't fault Hayden there. Kieran Clark, like Hayden wasn't <laughs> had to react very quickly to get back on defense from that because Kieran Clark was being dumb. And then um 
Karen Clark again lost possession right around like midfield and uh and then Smith Rowe pushed forward he gained possession of the ball and pushed forward uh again overlapped it to Saka and then Saka picked out Obama Yang at the back post uh hit DeAndre Yedlin and then fell to Obama Yang again who then I'm trying to like piece this together and then pass it to Tierney who passed it to Zaka who passed it to Obama Yang who scored. I think that was it. I think I did it. Yeah. And it was a difficult <laughs> finish by the way. It's one of those, oh, where, yeah, yeah. it's one of those where that that's like, that's one, nothing. If it's any other player on the pitch outside of Obama Yang, because he had to like stop himself and I don't know. It was ridiculous. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really – I don't know. I'm not going to fault Kieran Clark for those two – like, there is fault, clearly, but it's also, like, tired legs. He's been one of the players that's played in obs- an insane amount over the past couple matches. I don't think he's even really ever gotten a rest. Maybe there was one match where there was a share Fernandez pairing, but I, I, I don't remember. That must have been a couple matches ago. Yeah. And, like, if, honestly, if, during the course of regular time, Kieran Clark was great. I mean, the back line was solid. I think they could have offered maybe a little bit more going forward at times, but I mean, overall, I mean, they were a solid back line uh, and it was, I don't know. So I, I don't feel, I don't fault him that much. I guess other things of note, Jamal LaSalle's play, he started this match uh, and came off in the 45th minute, I guess at halftime. Uh, Wait, I got definitely, one. Huh? I got one. I saved this for this moment. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, but real quick stat is Obama Yang scored the third consecutive goal against like scored in three state matches against Newcastle. Um, just a quick stat, but man of the match, Elliot Anderson. It's true. It's true. I was, I, I mean, I was going to get to that I, after I, maybe not man of the match, but like he looked, he did not look out of place. I, people were saying that too. Like I, I saw a lot of like, Oh, he did not seem to not be, like it was like a lot of double negatives. I was like, you mean you just said Elliot Anderson looked good? Is that is that what you're saying? Because uh, yes. he did. They're 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 also doing the classic Newcastle thing where they're just like starting against Sheffield. They were like, all right, do it. Yeah, sure, <laughs> do it. Like at this point, yeah, what is there to lose? Like it's clear that like an attacking player, you could you could play. I mean, none of the attacking players are playing well. I don't know where the hell Alan St. Maxman is. I mean if you want to go odds and ends, he was, he was, I don't know why he was, I don't know. We'll talk about that on the next episode, but that's, that's a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, yeah. Jamal sells. He played, I don't, I don't, I couldn't remember if he actually went off because he was injured or because like he was just tired. I don't know what that was. I think he was injured. He looked like he had like reactivated the groin injury, uh, which is not great. Uh, also Greg, I, the other thing I wanted to know outside of the LA Anderson thing, Martin Dubrovka played and played really well. Um, I think there's questions to be asked and this always was going to be asked. I think we all expect him to come back and do well and to do well against Arsenal is also worth no- Like, I mean, it's, it's one thing if Dubrovka comes back and we're playing, you know, Crawley town in, in the EFL cup, but we're playing Arsenal in the FA cup. They put out a decent side and he played really well, made some tremendous saves, definitely kept the game as close as he possibly could did everything he could to keep Newcastle in the match for sure. Um, it's a nice problem to have. I will say this one thing, and I don't know if you picked up on this one thing that I've noticed from Dubrovka, which I think at the end of the day, 
gives me the nod for Dubrovka ahead of Darlow is like his distribution is so much better. Like Darlow is very hit or miss. Like there's been a lot of just like, and I think people will notice it in Sheffield. Like I'm imagining Darlow's probably going to start. They'll notice it. Like his distribution at times can just be so iffy, but Darlow for the most part, and Darlow's distribution isn't great by any means. Like it's solid. He's not, he's not an Ederson or Allison where it's like, he's pinging it to the like, third to a sprinting winger like it's just good it's good enough um the Dubrovka like I think he's just he's got the edge there and so like when you come down to who do we need to start going forward I would lean towards Dubrovka but I also understand the difficulty of dropping Carl Darla who is very much still in form so uh, especially after a clean sheet against Liverpool um where he was outstanding yeah uh, you good to go to quotes? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, to quotes, uh, Steve Bruce uh, had to pat himself on the back for this one. He said, in 18 months, we've been to two quarterfinals. Yeah. Woo. Uh, he said, we're disappointed that we didn't take the next step. As long as I'm sitting in this seat, I'll treat the cups like they should be. And I, I do appreciate that we've been further than others but like this is out of context like we did not we did not go to a quarterfinal we got eliminated in the third round of the fa cup so like this is irrelevant this is not not even close this is your first match in the fa cup and you were eliminated has nothing to do with the fact that you've been to a quarterfinal but also it's like it also completely ignores that we like to do both of those tasks of getting to the quarterfinals we had the luckiest draws in recent history for Newcastle, like, I mean, probably, I don't even know the last time we had draws that lucky. Like, we were playing teams that were in League One. So it's like, yeah, like, <laughs> duh, we should get to, yeah. like, we should have gotten to the semifinal. Like, Brentford played a rotated side against us, and we played a fairly strong side, and we could not beat them. So, like, I, I mean, yeah, like you said, taken out of context, and also not relevant given the fact that we just lost in the first, and I guess our first round of the FA Cup. Yeah, and to add, add to pile that on, uh, Newcastle is 0-9 in their last nine cup matches against Premier League sides. There you go. So that tells you a little about those quarterfinal runs. Um, so uh, he said, you have to take your chances when they come along. We had the opportunity in the final few minutes and didn't grasp it. As a cup tie, it could have gone either way, and we rue the missed chances. I couldn't be more pleased by the way they have gone about their work. We just needed to take that opportunity when it came along. You're going to hold me on this Brentford one. I know you are. We couldn't be more disappointed after that, but the reaction against Arsenal, Man City, and Leicester now. Yes, we haven't won them, but what we were trying to do is to get higher up the pitch, and I think they're getting used to it, and I can see signs of progress. I've found positives in all of the games. It has been difficult period in terms of the games we have to had to play. We are trying to get higher up the pitch, which is pleasing, and create a few more chances. Um, on Elliot Anderson, he said a big positive. I thought the kid was very, very good. Yeah. I, I, I want to add just off that, that, that quote, because I genuinely do agree with Bruce here in saying like match wise, like the Leicester match, Newcastle didn't look that bad. It's just Leicester yeah. is a good team. Like that, that's, it's a good team. Like Newcastle played them like as well as they could have given like the only thing that like I don't know that easily could have been 
a draw, and it easily could have been a Newcastle classic-like upset. But it just it wasn't in the cards, and that that's fine. Um, I think what what is I love the press, is, by the way. Huh? Love the press. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there's definitely things that we can build on, and I have to give Bruce credit in that regard. Where like things like implementing the press, it works. It seems a little bit more organized than it was before. The players seem to understand the benefits of it, and you have some willing players and athletic enough players to do so. So I'm I'm fine with that. I think what still is the issue is just the the productivity on the offensive end has to improve, and Bruce can't just like wait for that to improve. He has to do something himself in order to improve the 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 offensive output. Like you can't just hope that players are going to get better. You have to actually like do something tactically in order to make sure that we are, are producing chances. And right now it's still very much like there's an organized, there's an organized defense and there's an organized effort to win the ball back. And even at times Newcastle are now more comfortable in possession, but they don't know what to do what they, when they have the ball in possession, it's just passing the ball around. And like, you can tell there's some offensive ideas. So like when we have the five in the back formation, like it is very clear that we want, a lot of width from our wing backs and kind of like other folks pinching in being options in the middle of the pitch. But outside of that, like no one knows what to do mm-hmm. um, in certain situations. So it's just, that's something that's next step for Newcastle. And it's good to see they're they're making progress, but at a certain point and in like at a certain point, you have to like look yourself in the mirror as Steve Bruce and be like, all right, well, we need to expedite the pro the, like the progress in terms of what we're doing offensively. We can't just like hope that, when Ryan Fraser comes back and when Alante Maxman comes back, the offense is going to fix itself because the offense wasn't particularly great when either one of them were playing either. So I don't know. I think that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts on that particular quote. You hope that it's good enough to do something at Sheffield because Sheffield are in shambles for so many different reasons and they have so many different weaknesses to attack. But I mean, I, I, you know, not anyone is really feeling super confident ahead of Sheffield, which is, which is a bit worrying. Yeah. Uh, some stats. Uh, we have scored one goal from open play in almost 10 hours, 595 minutes. Uh, this is all competitions. Martin Dubrovka played for his first match this season. Um, this is the third time in three seasons that we have played in extra time in the FA Cup. We beat Blackburn Roser, Rovers in 2018, beat Oxford United in, in 2019, and or sorry, t- well, 2019-2020 season, and uh, we lost to Arsenal, obviously. Um, also, congrats to my man, Elliot Anderson, uh, 18 years old, two months and four days. Um, older than Adam Armstrong, Adam Campbell, Andy Carroll, Callum Roberts, but younger than Matty Longstaff, Sean Longstaff, Kellen Watts, and Tom Allen's debuts. Um, he's the 29th player to feature for Newcastle United this season. Seven of those 29 players have attended Newcastle's Academy. That's Elliot Anderson, Dan Barlasar. Uh, he's obviously left the club now. Um, Andy Carroll, uh, Paul Dummett, Mark Gillespie, which he was, but then left and then came back. Uh, Maddie and Sean Longstaff. So that's seven of 29 players have come from Newcastle's Academy. Uh, but he did break a record, Elliot Anderson. He's the first player in Newcastle United history to wear the number 57 in a match. 
Oh. Also, shout out to Ellie Anderson for getting a proper haircut. Because what he was wearing, dude, the, he I mean, looked yeah, much the hairline better. is straight now, but oh god, I mean, you know, what he was wearing before looked like is? a bowl. It's it's a Lego. It's the top half of a Lego head. Is his haircut? Like you feel I mean, like I can just place it on his head. That's again, his hair. That's his hair. It's it's fine. It's better than whatever the hell he was wearing before. Because the the picture they have of him, like for his like official like match picture, is just like dude. <laughs> like you cannot have your mom cutting your hair yeah. but I guess apparently like what people in the UK are saying is like that's like the in style for like young kids in the UK yeah. and I'm like damn the UK must fucking stink then like if that's what's in right now uh, okay, that was me that was me but we'll just keep going yeah he's just, they just like Legos it's cool um, another thing about his number 57 it was the second highest number ever to be worn by a Newcastle United senior player uh, this is very tough trivia, Elijah. Who and what number is the highest number ever to be worn in Newcastle United? Uh, it's, I don't know, it, it's 63. Uh, you're not that far off. The player, here's my hint, the player had a stint with the Portland Timbers. Is, mm, Timbers. <laughs> huh. Huh. Mm, that's tough. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> the next hint is the player is currently playing in Australia. Dude, okay. I feel like I remember. Like you'll, you'll know. We we were talking about someone who's gone in Australia, and, and like now I've just forgotten who it is. So Steven Taylor. Okay, uh, yeah. Steven Taylor wore wore the number fifty eight, so he still has the record of the highest number ever to be worn in a Newcastle United senior match. Uh, he did that against Bolton Wanderers back in March of 2004. Okay. Uh, Elijah, do you have a best player in this one? Uh, um, I mean, I think you have to give it to Isaac Hayden. Once again, he was just solid at the back. Um, just he, he's, he's, He's a player who, like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say there were low expectations for him, but he's just definitely grown so much as a player and is easily just, like, a fan favorite. I mean, he had a time where he we thought he was going to be gone from the club and head back to London. And looking at him now and how he's developed, like, it is quite feasible that he would have been a, a, a somewhat of a regular at any of the London clubs. So it's, it's actually quite nice that he stayed at Newcastle and that he seems to be happy. Um and it's crazy how first tall he is. I mean, at Newcastle, I've seen him play as a central midfielder, a CDM, a center back, a right back, and a right mid. And it's like, what's next for the guy? Is he going to be our striker? Yeah. I mean, and honestly, at this point, point, like, why not? Why not? Why not make put him at striker? Who cares? Yeah. Uh, okay. So my, my best player is actually Andy Carroll. I mean, so we had 11 shots two on target. He had nine of those 11 shots and both of the ones that were on target. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like clearly the only, and he won, he won 14 aerial duels. Nobody else on the team won more than three. I mean, he, he was our only threat. Um, so it was I'm, crazy was uh, this match was on BBC and Miguel Amarone was trending, trending in the UK and all the tweets were about how Miguel Amarone should be playing on a better team, which is weird. Cause like, I thought he was fine. Like he had 
glimpses. He wasn't great. I like the new black boots, but like, I, I don't know. It was just very weird. I was like, okay. Like, yeah. I mean, he well, was, I don't know. We haven't talked about like the Miguel Almiron domination that we used to talk about. He's kind of faded and it could be, I don't know, maybe the manager. I don't know. Plenty of reasons. Uh, uh, so, but the, but who scored talked about are the ratings of, of players that got a seven or, seven or higher. Miguel Amaran did make it the least amount that you could possibly make it to be mentioned. He had a 7.00. Uh, Miguel Amaran. Uh, Martin Dubrovka was the other at 7.43. And Andy Carroll at 7.49. Um, were the only three players to get a yeah. seven. I was going to say Dubrovka definitely deserves a shout. He was unreal. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's one of those where we've given Martin Dubrovka best player so many times that like, it's just, we don't even need to mention it. The, the <laughs> fans, they know, they know that he's already the best player. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's take a break then, Elijah. Um, a little parts need to have a nice swig of four roses. And then uh, you, a nice swig of Buffalo Trace sweet tea. And then we're on the other side. We're going to talk about how nervous we are that Newcastle United could lose to a team that hasn't won yet. We'll be right back. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello, Elijah. We're, we're swigging teas. Uh, alcohol, please hold. Yeah, fun fact about this podcast. When we take breaks, we just we don't actually take breaks. We just drink. Yeah, we don't even do that. We, 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 just, yeah, take, we just say, we're going to take a break, and then we just immediately start afterwards. Yeah. So. The ads. People love the ads. Yeah, that's what they love. That's that's what people love about podcasts. People just the always ads. love those ads. <laughs> um, let's. We have a big match uh, today, y'all. You're listening to this today, uh, and Newcastle United is playing Sheffield United. Sheffield, as the story goes, they just got their their first win of the season in the FA Cup, uh, but they have yet to win. In the, they've not yet to get their elusive first victory in the Premier League uh, as we are getting into mid-January right now. And we cannot be more nervous about it. Well, I'm speaking for both of us, but I definitely mean that for myself. Uh, I could not be more nervous about the fact that there's a very good chance that they could get that in this one. But with this match, so um, it is on the road. It is at 6 p.m. in England, which is 1... Eastern and, and yes. my time. <laughs> um, Steve Bruce faces another one of his former clubs. Uh, he played there in 9899. And like I mentioned, they haven't won a game. So admitted for, for Newcastle, the injuries, uh, we are going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting what they are going to come up with so we saw Callum Wilson was training Fabian Schar, Federico Fernandez Caro Darlow um, all did not play in the FA Cup but they are fine uh, it remains to be seen if what it's going to go down with John Joe or Jamal Lewis or Javier Mercio or Ryan Fraser uh, if they'll be included and Alan St. Maximin remains unavailable uh, and the other question mark is will 
is Jamal LaSalle's ready? Like he played uh, 45 minutes against Arsenal. Like, can, can he continue? Is he ready to start now? Um, so Elijah. Uh, oh yeah. And on, on, um, on Sheffield, uh, Jack Rodwell, Sander Burge and Ali McBurney are sidelined. Um, and there's also doubts that Enda Stevens, Lise Musset and George Baldick are going to be out. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts? What, what's, what do you think Newcastle is going to line up as what, who do you think is going to play? What have you heard? Um, I, I mean, Steve Bruce kind of alluded today in his pre-match conference pre- presser. I keep saying conference, but it's fine. It's American. The, yeah. In the UK, they say pressers. Um, and uh, I, he, he kind of made it seem like Fraser and them were kind of on their way back. So I definitely imagine that at a minimum, Callum Wilson's probably going to be starting. Um, I, I would imagine Matty Longstaff's going to be in the middle of the pitch uh, because he probably is, you could argue he's probably one of our best midfielders over the past couple of matches. Uh, not, not particularly because he's done anything great. It's just, he hasn't done anything bad. So by and large, he's just, yeah, he's just the best. Well, one of the better options. Uh, so yeah. um, you got to worry about Isaac Hayden. He kind of, he went off injured. People forgot about that. He, he picked up a knock at the end of the match. I think he went off. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah. He did. He did go off. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's been interesting. Uh, that's, those are some interesting little corpse, quip, quip, not corpse quips. I, mean, I would imagine Newcastle go back to the four, four, two, um, because this is a team that, uh, that definitely Steve Bruce, uh, feels like he should be, uh, like beating hand rather handedly. And it would be a good, uh, boost of confidence for the team if they go out and they score a couple goals and they come on the front fit. I mean, I think the absolute worst message, worst thing you could do right now is to come out back five against the worst team in the, in the division, even if it's a true back three and your wing backs are truly midfielders, it's just a mentality thing. And even if that's the case, like the way Newcastle play, it will never feel like that. It will always feel like a back five. Like we aren't Chelsea of uh, under uh, what's his face. Um, Italian guy. Who, who, Conti? Made, uh, yes. Yes. Who made uh Victor Moses come back into the picture for like that one season. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it, it, I don't know. It's, 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 it's an interesting one for, for Newcastle. I think four, four, two is probably the route you go. I don't know if the, I mean, I imagine you probably start DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, I think it would be really bold and adventurous of Newcastle to play it back for it. Matt Ritchie as a left back. Um, because like you just need to keep doing something on offense and you know that he's going to come back and defend that can you leave you quite open, but Sheffield's not really the best at attacking either. Uh, and with the press involved, like I think that that's something you could really attack Sheffield with as well. Uh, midfield pairing, it's probably going to be like a Hayden and one of the long staffs if Hayden's fit. If not, I could see a double long staff midfield. Jeff Hendrick didn't really do anything to put himself back in the good graces of Steve Bruce. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good. He wasn't like adventurous enough, I guess. And Steve Bruce is, of course, I guess he, I don't know if he likes Sean Longstaff, but he keeps giving him game time, even if it's like deserved or undeserved, depends on who you ask. 
Um, probably Miguel Maroon starts. And, I mean, I would really like to see Jacob Murphy get a run out as well. I could see a Cal Wilson, Joel Linton up top. But, really, I think Dwight Gale should – he deserves a run in the team. I mean, he just does, uh, especially when you're lacking goals to this degree from open play. And also, he's like, you just need to get rid of him. Like, you need to sell him. Yeah, do like, something. Play him to get, like, if you're like, not going to play him, then sell him. Yeah. Yeah, play him to get like some sort of market. Like he's not bad. Oh. Uh it's uh he's one of those players Newcastle should have sold either last season or the season before when he was worth twenty million pounds. And he really wasn't doing much, but he, like he was worth twenty million pounds. And you have at some point you have to pull the trigger. It's like, yeah, we don't want to lose one of our strikers in January, but it's like also you could spend twenty. You could spend ten million pounds on a replacement. Like I don't know. It's just it's just annoying how they've handled transfers in general. Like they were hesitant to sell John Joe Shelby, and that's bit him in the butt. Like John Joe Shelby's value has gone from like West Ham willing to give us twenty five million pounds for him, and then down to twenty million, down to fifteen million, and now it's like I'd be shocked if anyone wants John Joe Shelby for five million pounds. I mean, like I don't know. It's I mean he still there's a names associated with those players, and like that's the idea of. Like maybe I know West Brom was thinking about bringing Andy Carroll along. Like there's still that you you see the name and a lot of these older English managers and oldest English older English technical directors or whatever they're called in England. Uh, they they hear the name like oh well I remember Dwight Gale I remember he, he oh you remember in the Premier League a couple seasons ago it's like but yep. then you look at what they're doing now and it's like does that really make sense to do a deal for them so I don't know I don't know just figure out what to do with Dwight Gale that's the big thing. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so, Elijah, what does Newcastle need to do to beat Sheffield United? The Blades. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, Sheffield are, are are pretty vulnerable in 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 defense, uh, and their weaknesses actually are um, stuff that Newcastle is not particularly great at. So, uh, like. <laughs> Like, for example, uh, Sheffield have struggled a lot with crosses into the box. They've given up a ton of goals from headers or uh, just balls delivered to the box and a lot of set-piece goals as well. And neither one of those things uh, <laughs> neither one of those things, Newcastle have been particularly good at this season. Um, they've had decent enough set-piece set piece routines. Uh, nothing super adventurous, but still – uh, even if the ball finds a player, uh, the player is just like not as clinical as we've seen in years past, uh, finishing off those chances. And we're even talking about players like uh, like Kieran Clark, who or set piece monsters for us, or uh, Federico Fernandez, or Fabian Cher, to still not really be able to take advantage of those chances. So really, like Newcastle should press, look to win the ball back. Um, there's a just. I think Sheffield, they're missing Jack O'Connell. He's out for the season, and he's their best defender. So if you put some pressure on this back line, like there's there's going to be chances. Uh, you like your chances if you're Newcastle with Callum Wilson plays because he's one of those, you give him three opportunities, he's going to score one of them. And so, I mean, that's probably Newcastle's best bet is to do whatever they can to get the ball to Callum Wilson in some capacity. That's yeah. That's all they really need to do. It's just get the ball to Kyle Wilson in some capacity. Like, that's it. That's all you got to do. Totally. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go to just uh, 5.38. Next thing, uh, it's close. So, 
538 is projecting that Sheffield United will win their first Premier League match. Uh, they have a 39% chance to win Sheffield United. Uh, Newcastle has a 31% chance to win and a 30% draw. Elijah, what happens in this one? Does Newcastle escape with any points, some points, or all points? Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, you Like, given how Newcastle played against Leicester, you feel as if – because they were on the cusp of scoring. Like, I understand the, story, the, scoring, the scoring stat of not being able to score in, like, 10 hours from open play is, is bad. But they, they got close in the Leicester match. Um, and, like, they definitely got close in the Arsenal match. So, like, the chances are being created. Um, I think Newcastle will produce at least one goal. Will it be enough to win? I don't know. I think Sheffield's going to really give them a fight. Uh, Sheffield's got a really tough run of fixtures where they can pretty much find themselves surely relegated if they don't pick up any points over the next four matches. I mean, uh, coming up next, they have Spurs, Man City, and Man United uh, after Newcastle. So, like, I mean, not we, we used to joke earlier in the season about Man United being able to drop points, but Man United looked quite decent the past few, few weeks. So it's, uh, it, it's tough to see any of those teams dropping points to Sheffield in any regard whatsoever, like not even them picking up a draw. So – they're really motivated to, to beat Newcastle uh, because essentially they lose Newcastle. Like their season is effectively over. Like it's already pretty damn close, but it's like nail in the coffin if they lose this match. So they're going to give them a run uh, for their money. And I could see Sheffield pick up a draw here. I think one, one is the result. We'll see. It won't be what Newcastle fans want, but it will be somewhat of an improvement um, to, I don't know, losing five two to Leeds. I think, drawing is better than losing. So, um, and that's kind of where we started. So uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go one, one draw. Yeah. We actually are in the exact same spot here. I, I'm predicting the only reason I'm not going zero, zero is because I think we are going to go four, four, two and get something, but make a mistake somewhere along the way. Uh, so I'm going to go one, one as well. Uh, just one point for us. And, and that would make it eight straight matches well to win for Newcastle United. Uh, that's where I'm at. Elijah, anything else to wrap this one up? Oh, yeah, you missed this. So I got a quiz oh. book for Christmas. You got a what? A quiz book. It's a Newcastle United okay. quiz book by a good old Chris Carpenter. I want to yeah. try to find Chris Carpenter and get him on the pod because this is a, quite the quiz book. Um, and I'm just going to read one of these questions every episode just ask you it and see if you know it okay and like it, it it definitely goes from like easy to hard because like i opened up the uh the <laughs> the, the the like the middle of it and it was like who scored in the 1952 like f8 it's like jesus Christ. but the first the first 10 are really easy so um Hopefully. here we go this is number two the first one was where were when when were newcastle and i had found founded and uh, Adam got that really quick, and he said uh, 1892. Yeah, but that's not what I'm asking you. Oh. Um, I'm asking – it's multiple choice, but I don't know if you'll need multiple choice for this one. What is Newcastle United's nickname? Like, is it the Crows, the Magpies, or the Ravens? The Magpies. Yes. That was uh, it. That the- okay. You know, we're doing one every episode. Okay. So, like, we're gonna, by the time the next season starts, we'll actually be almost done with the book because okay. we record like 
a lot of episodes. I've started yeah. to realize <laughs> we record a ton. Yeah. So we'll, we're, we're going to make our way through this book. And when we finish, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to get Chris on to write another one. Yeah, well, Chris, we're bringing you on because we need you to write more trivia questions. We are commissioning you to write another trivia book, and no, you are not getting paid for it. <laughs> I'm going to try commission. This guy I mean, we will not pay you. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he looks quite old, so I don't think he's on Twitter, but I'm definitely going to track him down. Yeah, let's do it. All right, well, that's going to conclude our FA Cup recap, Sheffield United preview. Uh, really happy to be back, y'all. Thank you, Elijah, for holding the fort down. Uh, upon my absence but we will be giving you a pod to recap our match against Sheffield and another news pod as well so enjoy hearing our beautiful voices this week but that concludes this episode I'm your host Greg Johnson that's the best damn coach in the land Elijah Newsom and let's get three points tomorrow everybody and away the lines if you never win the club again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Geordie and to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity. And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog, it's in James's pocket